Do you have more than one location? Or do you have many retailers selling your products in multiple locations? If you do, the best way to help customers find them is with the Bold Store Locator app. I have used it in several stores, and it always works. It's the original store locator app for Shopify. And whether you have 10 or 10,000 locations, this app can handle it, and it looks great in any store. Your customers can let the app detect their location, or simply enter their zip code, select a radius, and see the locations near them. They can even click and get turn-by-turn -turn directions. Plus, it offers filtering to make sorting through 10,000 locations even easier. And if you want to customize it, you can create custom pins, set priorities for ones to show at the top, maybe they're a preferred dealer, add custom text, hours, descriptions for each location, even custom fields. And of course, you could bulk import all of your locations with a CSV and export too if you need it. But probably my favorite feature is what they call heat map reporting. In the back end, you could see a heat map report of where everyone is searching for you. This is a great way to get insight into where people are looking for your products and where they want you to be. So if you have multiple locations, check out Bold Store Locator. As an unofficial Shopify podcast listener, Bold is offering you their Store Locator app free for two months. To get this special offer, go to kurtelster.com bold and you'll be able to install it from there. kurtelster.com bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, the more visitors you get, and more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily, and it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues, offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit, plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them. They are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever when you sign up at seomanager.com slash unofficial. That's seomanager.com slash unofficial. Today on the Unofficial Shopify Podcast, we are talking about an issue that people have asked in our in our group anyway, or in, in conversation many times, and my answer is, I don't know! That is the unfortunate truth, and it's good, it's so freeing to be able to say, I don't know, with confidence. But the, the question that I don't know is, what about influencer marketing? You hear about it, you see it, it seems like an attractive no-brainer, yet when I tried it, my wife tried it, clients have tried it. It's like flip a coin, whether it works incredibly well, or you probably definitely just got scammed out of you know, a few hundred dollars. It's a product. So I have someone here who uh, is going to break down influencer marketing for us. And they're going to, he's going to do it uh, based on actual experience as a successful merchant. Very exciting. We don't have someone pitching us on something. So joining me today, is Mr. Corey Turner from Faded, but 
may be familiar with uh, my blank will or in the past. He sold a mattress company to mattress firm. That sounds pretty cool. Corey, you have done. You're younger than me. You have done more than me. What, give us the give us your bio. Who are so, you? Who's Corey? Why should I care? <laughs> I don't know. I've done a lot of things, but uh, I mean, uh, I don't know if I've done more than you. Uh, but given the history of it, so it wasn't necessarily me who sold the company to Mattress Firm. I was part of a team of kids I went to college with. So you coming sold, out of Northeastern. You sold a company to Mattress Firm. Now yep. you're king of Mattress Firm and worth $1 billion. Yeah. That is what um, I heard. I don't think it quite worked like that for us. <laughs> um, so we were a drop shipping company, uh, started as like dorm beds, uh, the founder, Dan Dietz. Um, he started selling mattresses and, and uh, dorm, uh, what are those, the pad, the mattress pads that go in dorm beds. Um, and he built it into a, a pretty large business uh, along with uh, his friend, Marcelo, who I, who's now the CEO of Faded uh, that I work directly with. Um, they launched that one in college, and after college, I, I quickly joined them uh, doing the accounting and uh, operations. And in 2013, had an opportunity to sell the business to Mattress Firm, uh, and Dan took up that opportunity. And we all, well, four of the five team members, I didn't move down to Houston where Mattress Firm is, um, and ran the e-commerce department for Mattress Firm from 2013 to 2017 when about everyone exited. Um, when everyone exited, Marcelo uh, moved over and created Faded, which is the parent company of Blankwell. Uh, weighted Blanket started as a single SKU company selling weighted blankets. Uh, it has now expanded to other home goods, as mattresses, comforters, aromatherapy pillows, sheets, massage products. Um, but uh, the reason we're here is influencer marketing and how we grew Blankwell with influencer marketing. Yeah, so you uh, started Blankwell in 2017. At what point do you start using influencer marketing? With was within the first couple months. Um, okay. Started taking a look. I mean, we went after bachelorettes and uh, other like other reality TV show celebrities that were just getting their their Instagram accounts up and running. They probably had a few hundred thousand followers, and that's who we first targeted. Did that work? It did. We we saw returns. 30 to 20 X returned on uh, influencers at that moment in time. Now the key is weighted blankets were a very hot product uh, ending 2017, 2018. Um, and I, I provide a stat in June of 2018 weighted blankets was searched 90,000 times. And then June of 2019, it was searched 201,000 times. So you see it, it really started to build up and it was a newer category uh, that was becoming very popular and influencers really helped bring awareness to that and bring us an audience. You know, what's funny is around that time, I used to get pitched on, on podcast guests or clients, and I had multiple people tell me that they were the first weighted blanket Shopify store. <laughs> I know we weren't I'm the sure, first. I'm sure, like, you could figure it out, but... <laughs> yes, I, I know we weren't the first one. Um, but, I mean, the product's been around 80s or even longer. It's been used by uh, therapists for uh, kids with uh, that have some sensory problems um, and helps people calm down. So it, it's not a unique concept and unique idea, but... The, what um, happened was the way it was brought to market um, was unique and it was a different angle on the product and it became very, very popular. So you, that was in 2017, but things have changed a lot. Instagram's very, Absolutely. very crowded. It's 2021 now. Would the same strategy work today? So it doesn't work as well, but it does work. And one thing we lo I love about influencer marketing is I think the best way to get a sale is, or the, uh, is, when a, a friend recommends the product. And so the next step from a friend recommended product is someone that you trust or that has that authority online. 
And an influencer has that typically. So we're looking for authenticity and looking for anyone that has that true authenticity in their account. Um, that when they recommend well, let's something, start there. Authenticity is important. How? But it's subjective. How do you determine authenticity? When let's say you're reviewing uh, your influencers, and you know, my question is like, well, how do you even find them? Um, sure. All right, let's back up. How do you you get your list of candidate influencers? How do you start there? So building a list or we already have the list? Let's build our list of influencers. Okay, so we're taking a look at what the product is and who the target market is. Um, and we'll look at the data and have an understanding of what audience we want to be able to go after. And then we'll go find an influencer that has an audience like that. So we use a, a, a software called Grin. I think you may have mentioned it before on one of your podcasts um, that helps us take a look and analyze the audience's data. Um, it's a very powerful tool. It used to be a free one, but for some reason, uh, Instagram attacked them and shut them down. So that was uh, unfortunate. It was right at the time that we were looking at Grin, and it gives a lot of good metrics on who the influencer is. Um, and when we're looking at it, so we first start with the audience, who we want to go after. For Blank, well, we're, we're going mainly for that 25 to 45-year-old uh, female category. Um, so we look and see, okay, who is an influencer that has that audience? And Grin can tell us the percentages. And typically, we're looking for someone that has about a 90% female, 10% male audience. Um, we are very heavily skewed towards female. Um, and so that, that's where it starts. But then we'll start taking a look at other metrics to determine, all right, do you qualify for our list? And the stuff we want to take a look at is obviously the age ranges of the audience, um, the location of their audience, the language of the audience, their engagement rate that uh, is given is a stat based on how many people like and, and follow um, that influencer, non-follower likes, which is interesting uh, stat. And, and Grin gives an overall credibility score. And so we kind of have like a baseline, like if you're below 75% overall credibility based on Grin, you're out. The, you're, you, there's something wrong. We're not going to deal with you. Um, hmm. But as long as you meet some of these criteria that we need, but also you have to match your product to what uh, who the influencer is. Um, so going back to authenticity is we'll take a look. And the first thing is looking at someone's front facing account. Do the images that they portray on their account look real? Do they look staged? Do they look like they were kind of Photoshopped together? Or is it just like a scenery? Or do you actually see the human being with their family or in their real life? Is it a picture that you can just go take yourself? Or does it look like it took a lot of time to set up and it just really looks too polished? Um, and if it looks too polished and all the images are all the same, it's a little bit of a red flag initially. Um, that mm. we, we think that, okay, maybe this person's not going to be the best for us. Um, I sent you over an example. Um, I, 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 even a couple hours ago, I got pitched on the same person again. They have 1.4 uh, million followers on Instagram. And uh, it's a female blogger. She looks good, but all the photos look a little staged. So I, already I would have a little bit of a red flag on her. But when I go and take a look at her Instagram stats, I see that it has a 12% credibility rating. Okay, that's a huge problem here. So I'm getting DM'd on Instagram for this person. Hey, do you want to run with this person? You want to do a promo with this person? First thing I'll do is like, all right, let me look at your Instagram account. Okay, it looks a little suspicious, but not bad. But if, if you're a female blogger looking at fashion and 66% of your audience is male, that's a big red flag to me. Um, never mind the credibility rating. And then when I take a look at audience by country, if their audience isn't based in, if you're in the United States shipping a product in the United States and they're an influencer that's based in the United States, you expect to see most of their audience in the United States. This old person has 26% of their audience in India, 17% Brazil, 12% Indonesia, 6% Iran. 
So to me, it's like, uh oh, we, we have something wrong here where that seems like it's most likely bots that are building up this account. So that's what we're looking for is when, when you have that absolute failure of an influencer event, I believe or I see that it's most likely that it is someone that has falsely built up their account. And it's almost like going out and scamming you to get your money. Hey, we'll, we'll get you all this exposure, but it it's not real exposure. It's exposure to bots. So yeah, it doesn't help you at all. And that has been our experience was the follower count did not seem to have any relationship to the actual result. And on the like the really big influencers with huge followings and really polished accounts, that's where we saw like zero. And we would get scenarios where it's like literally nothing yeah. versus um, uh, micro influencers, you know, people in like the, the 10 to 20,000 range. They tended to have a lot more success for us. And that's where it comes down to authenticity. Are you a real person? Are you engaging with your audience? Are, are, do they want to hear what you're saying? And that's why this non-follower-like uh, um, metric is interesting to me. Because if you have a lot of non-follower likes, to me, it's you're promoting your content and, and people that are not your followers are not liking it. So if you're not getting the majority of your followers that like your own content, that, that's a little bit of a red flag too. Um, now, granted, all these data metrics are behind the scenes, so you do have to use some sort of software. There's other software that are out there that's not Grin, and uh, I'm giving a free promotion here to Grin. Um, they, they, they're not giving me anything for this. In fact, I pay them a, a hefty amount of money every month to use their software. Uh, I should maybe look into that relationship. But uh, <laughs> they, yeah, uh, where's the, they need an affiliate link for you. Yeah, but it is what it is. I mean, as I told you, I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm not. It, uh, you and uh, Paul were talking about influencers at one point. And that's why I reached out. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it, I have a lot of experience. We'll just have a conversation about it. Um, and it may be uh, some people that are uh, have Shopify stores uh, or starting a business may want to look at influencer marketing. And it is, it, 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 for us, we have not seen as great of returns as it initially was. It is still good uh, advertising uh, method for us, but it's not, it, 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 it's not a rocket ship every time. And so that's why you got to do your research, got to do look at the data. Um, but it does bring in a good amount of, if you're doing it right, you're, you're bringing in a good amount of traffic. And then you already have all your other retargeting set up. You have your Facebook ads, the Google display ads, stuff like that, um, that it fills up your funnel. And then you can work into the funnel. You try to get them on your email list and, and send them emails and work them through that to get them to that conversion. So that's another, I mean, it, it's a good source of traffic for us because um, it, it, it usually comes pretty qualified, especially if you do your homework before you create that relationship with the influencer. And when we talk about these these KPIs uh, that you're using, that you're looking at with Grin, is this all specific to Instagram or are there other social platforms? We're looking so at? it is, um, we are very Instagram heavy. We have done some stuff. It, Grin is not Instagram specific, um, but they were built for Instagram from what I can tell. Um, they have tried to introduce YouTube and Facebook and um, I don't really see TikTok as much on there, uh, but it is, um, for us, it is Instagram heavy. And we've tried a TikTok, a couple of TikTok influencers. Um, it's the new hot social media. That's where all the eyes are. Um, but what I'm seeing with TikTok is that it's a much more global audience and your followers are much cheaper to get. So you see people building up these 20, 30, 40 million audience counts, uh, follow counts, but it doesn't quite translate into people that are going to go purchase. It's almost like, how do you monetize Twitter? And they've always had that problem as well of monetizing it. TikTok I, I, is kind of, I don't know where it's going yet, but we've seen a problem with trying to monetize TikTok for us. 
Um, it could be just, again, the audience mix being a lot more global and it's a lot younger. Our, our, our product gear is a little bit to a, a, a 25 to 45 year old crowd. Now, I've heard the, the, the keyword engagement several times in the last 10 minutes. Uh, what and you? It was interesting. You said we look for an engagement rate three percent or greater. Yes, it blows my mind that three percent engagement rate is good, uh, at least on Instagram. And but what? It sounds like not all engagement is created equal. Correct. So yeah, three percent does sound low, but it, 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 that's a good baseline. If you can get like our the best I'm seeing out there for your typical influencer, maybe ten to twelve percent engagement. Um, but the uh, as you said, non-engagement is cre- uh, created equal. It's reason why someone is engaging with that that influencer or, or that uh, profile on Instagram it could be someone that's up there telling jokes or they're creating some sort of entertainment. And so people are watching it for the entertainment, but not really watching it for that person's opinion or being involved with that person's life. Um, you really want someone that uh, is, is captivating their audience and are, are there for that person's personality and, and want to emulate that person. Um, and again, it matters what your product is too. For us, uh, like um, a, a supermodel is not the best uh, influencer for us to go to. It has a very, a, a supermodel will have a lot of male followers on it, which is fine. But for us, that's not the audience we're going for. But if you had a product that was geared towards fashion and geared toward maybe you had a, a dress or sunglasses or whatever it may be, a, a supermodel may be perfect for you. But for us, it, it doesn't really work out. And. One of the weird things with uh, influencer marketing is how do you track it? Like I heard you, you seem to be familiar with your, your ROI on these efforts. How do you track that? So how we do you know whether or not it was successful? Yeah. So we have two main ways of tracking it. One, we typically give a discount code or we'll send them to a private sale page. Um, so we'll know those SKUs were bought only could be purchased by that link that was incoming um, or the discount code being used. That is a unique discount code to that person. But we also utilize uh, the UTM tracking. So in the, the links that we give, um, there'll be the, the UTM data in there. And so in Google Analytics, we can see how much traffic they drove from that link. And then we can also see the sales that are associated with that, that traffic. Um, so it, it's a very important for us to be able to measure how successful these influencers are. Typically, we're trying to be profitable on every influencer that we run. But there is an argument to be said for brand awareness and brand building. Um, we have run influencers, very, very big influencers that... I would say maybe weren't the most profitable initially, but it opened up many doors for us. It, it got our brand being aware to other retailers um, whole, and wholesale accounts that wanted to then work with us because we had that cachet of XYZ influencer repping us. Well, one of the things I noticed when I went on Blankwool is you have a Kardashian. Yes. Oh my gosh. Your Courtney Kardashian is the hero image on myblankwool.com. How the heck do you pull that off? So the team that we have has had experience um, in the entertainment industry before. Um, and so we did, those people had access to the agents uh, of, of, of quality uh, celebrities like that before. Um, so we were able to reach out and, and create a deal. And it, it, it took some time and, and agreement um, to get her on board and to want to do it. And I mean, that, our, that Instagram post it was great. It brought us a ton of traffic, brought us a ton of awareness, but it also got us a lot of PR. A lot of companies started then putting, um, I think it was like USA Today, there'd be an article, Kourtney Kardashian reps my blank wall. Um, and so it, it expanded just beyond that single event, uh, which was great. So there are, uh, 
there are there are secondary advantages beyond just like they promoted your coupon code. Be with when you, especially when you get into these really big influencers. Yes, you have to be cautious though, because we've done a couple other big influencers that are, have that same celebrity status, and even with other companies previous to Blank, well, I've seen it happen where you really you don't get the sales, and then you also don't get the cachet, and it, it just kind of fell fell flat. So I think, I mean, we were lucky that this one. Kardashians are one of the biggest names that in America. So um, it got picked up. People pay attention. I mean, obviously they have their own TV show. They got all their own brands. Uh, they're always in the news. So it, it, that was a good relationship for us. And even this this software, this Grin software that you're using, it sounds like it really defangs it. It takes a lot of risk out of this process. But uh, is it is it foolproof? No. Have you still made mistakes? Yes. Um, it, 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 what I will say is like, you can absolutely tell when someone's going to be a dud, but then you're into the category where it's like, okay, we know that, that it, it's not a certainty they're going to be a dud, but you have to then, is the influencer going to do their job properly? Are they going to pitch the right sale? Are they, are they going to speak about it? And can you even get them to post? We, I mean, there's been multiple times where we're going back and forth, like, okay, yeah, we're going to post today on Tuesday. And then it's like, where's the post? Like, oh, I didn't get a chance to do it. All right. Wednesday. Uh, nope. Didn't do it Wednesday. It's like, what are you doing? You, <laughs> this is your job. We're paying you to post. Can, can you please get this up? Um, and so, and then uh, do they talk about the right thing? Are they selling the product in the right way? You, you have some influencers just kind of show it. And then like, here's your discount code. And you have other people that talk about it, show it, the touch and feel of it and, and, and really do a good job with the product. And no surprise, those are the secondary group there. It does much better. We, when you really get an influence and you engage with it. So the, the problem is you still, once you have all those stats set, it's like, okay, we know this person has an opportunity to do well. There's still a lot of other things you need to do um, to make sure that is a successful event. Pop quiz. How can you increase your Shopify sales by 10 to 15%? Well, you could start giving away your Netflix password as a free bonus. What do you mean I'm using too many devices? Or you could use Zipify one-click upsell created by the owner of a 100 million dollar e-commerce store and trusted by over 8100 shopify merchants one-click upsell helps you boost your average order value with targeted upsells and cross-sells you can make pre-purchase upsells right from the shopping cart you can make post-purchase upsells immediately after a customer completes their order and with mobile optimized offer pages that drive sky-high conversions and built-in split testing for maximizing your results. It's no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $139 million in sales. It only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To start your free 30-day trial, go to zipify.com slash Kurt. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash Kurt. And to get an unadvertised gift, Email help at zipify.com and ask for the tech nasty bonus. Tech nasty. And now back to the show. You were talking about like, hey, did they do their job right? So what's the, you know, did they post? Did they post right? What are the expectations here around deliverables? Like in this case, the, you're hiring the influencer. You're the client. What, what's your, as the client, what are your expectations for deliverables that they owe you? Yes. And it, it doesn't feel like I'm the client. It feels like I am begging these people to do us a favor <laughs> um, at times. But uh, 
it, it we go with Instagram stories. Um, so we have looked at Instagram posts. Instagram posts don't get the same level of uh, traffic initially. The stories do get your 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 level of traffic that you're looking for. But the post is great because it stays there for a, a long time until the influencer deletes it. The stories only last 24 hours. But that's where the traffic comes from is the stories. So typically, we're looking for an influencer to do four to five slide stories, 10, 15 seconds in each, in each story or each slide, talking about the product and giving a swipe up with the code. Um, and we expect that usually to be posted when we, we agree on. We're, we typically try to get someone to post weekdays, Tuesday through Thursday. Uh, but we have seen some, some success on uh, like a Saturday night post. And what's real interesting was with the pandemic, all the times got messed up because everyone was home at different times. Um, and your whole tradition of, all right, people are going out Friday night, people are out Saturday, throw that out the window. And we were getting engagement at, at, at different times of the week. And that, that was unique for us to try to figure out um, exactly what the best time was to post. What is all this going to cost me? Like, how do you set? Well, you know what? I, I have no idea what this should cost. Break it down for so me. So there's a whole range. Um, obviously, you talked about micro-influencers before. When you get micro-influencers, to me, that's 50,000 or less followers. Um, they'll typically uh, uh, post for trade. So give them some product, give them a discount code, maybe give them an affiliate link um, and send them the product and, and that's the deal. Anyone that gets up to 100,000 followers or more, we're looking at actually paying them up front. Our rule of thumb, which kind of, it, it, it changes depending on the engagement. So it, these are all risk factors. When you take a look at, all right, what's their engagement rate? What's their following look like? What's their audience? What's their um, the, the, the age range? What's the, the gender mix? Right, how likely are they to match exactly what we're going to look for? And, and does that decrease our risk or not? So it, these are different risk metrics, and we discount based on uh, how risky the influencer may seem. But a general rule of thumb that we've seen is if you have 100,000 followers with a, a good audience, we'll probably pay, they'll probably get paid about $1,000 for that uh, Instagram story um, and, and so on and so forth. So $500,000, $5,000. Uh, but it, I mean, if they're new and their audience is as engaged, We'll, we'll try to bring that back down a little bit. Um, so, I mean, it comes all, uh, it's all over the place and everyone is its own negotiation. But I would say that's the general rule of thumb. Okay, good to know. And you've been doing this a while. Let's talk about how it's changed. You, what What's different when you approach this in 2017 versus now in 2021? So I think for us, and we're actually continually having this conversation, is in 2017, it's like, or early 2018, is, Hey, here's a way to blanket, and it just sold. Like it, it, it was a unique, hot product. I need a way to blanket. Blank will sell a way to blanket. Here you go. Um, now it's a lot more selling the benefits and features of the blank will. Why? Why is this a premium blanket? Why do you need to have the blank will versus a, over a competitor uh, product? So there's a little bit more. I'm working with the influencer and getting that messaging correct. Um, and then I would say it, it's also trying to find that right influencer and in, in who they are. I mean, as I said, we started with the bachelorettes. Um, they were great, it, it, but it, it didn't last forever. And so now we're trying to find who that audience is that has that, or the influencer that have that nice audience that's authentic um, and meets, meets our requirements. Um, so it, it, there's a lot more hunting that goes on for us right now and a lot more looking through it and being a little bit more selective than we were before. How bad are... Uh, it scam influencers. So, like, I make you know, I'm an influencer. I, I make fake private jet photos. Yep. You know, I can famously you could rent a a private jet studio if you're in LA. 
uh, for your Instagram posts. And I certainly, you know, I could spend a few dollars and get a lot of followers that are fake on Instagram. Um, how serious a problem is that? I, I would say it's a pretty serious problem. I mean, as I mentioned before, it, it, a couple hours before I came on this podcast was I'm getting pitched someone that has that 1.3 million followers. It's a complete fake account. I mean, I, I'll, I won't throw this girl under the bus, but I mean, maybe she got roped into the scam as well where someone came to her and said, hey, we'll pump up your Instagram uh, stats and you become a, we'll, we'll make you into a, a true influencer. I, I don't know how that relationship happened, but her account is a complete fake fraud. And if you take how the, much, all right. So on that fake account, how much is she asking for? So they haven't come to me with any numbers, but knowing that they probably with, with the size of audience that she has, they're probably gonna be looking for somewhere around $10,000. And oh, yeah. And so it, it just, it, it, it wouldn't, it, it, it would be a complete, they'd be lucky to send 10 people to our, our site from the 1.4 million followers that they have. <laughs> yeah. The handful that are, are real and get roped into it. Yes. Um, can we, so you've got access to this, this tool and you've got a ton of experience. Can we break down a real famous influencers account? Who's our real famous influencer we want to go with? Kurt Elser? Uh, <laughs> no, I have all of 800 followers on Instagram. I did break down um, your account for you. My, my, my Instagram account? Yep. All right, let's hear it. All right, so we have your 800 followers. Your audience mix is 76% male, 24% female. Uh, your age, your peak age range is 25 to 34, followed by 35 to 44. Your U.S. audience percentage is 59%, but I think that makes sense. Um, I'd have to pull it up again because I think you have a large Canadian audience as well. So Shopify being a, a Canadian product, I think that makes sense uh, for your profile. Your English uh, language speaking, 92% is what we look for. Non-follower likes, 0%. So it doesn't look like you're out there trying to force likes on your account. Your engagement rate, 4%. Very, very strong engagement rate. And your overall credibility score is 92.1%. Uh, so, yes. Uh, uh, for all your 816 followers that you have, you have a strong account. They're legit. I'm starting a new new group. I'm in micro, micro influencer status. I, I, I'm not sure how big the market is for that. But, <laughs> but it's just interesting. I mean, I, like, I break down our brand, uh, Blankwell, and uh, another brand that uh, I created called Soothe. Um, and I take a look at the stats there and I've taken a look at a lot of other, like I take a look at Chubby's and, uh, other brands. And you always see that brands don't have the same engagement rate as your strong influencer, uh, would. Um, and I, I, I find that interesting. And I think you and Paul have talked about that before, where you want to be the influencer for your own brand. And how do you get that authority and, and get that engagement that people want to follow you? But I, I think Chubby's does a great job, um, with trying to do, uh, engagement and, and with their Instagram account and Facebook, YouTube, everything they do. And I'm surprised when I take a look at their account that their engagement is lower than what I would expect. I think they're Let's, all right, do it. Let's hear it. Give me the stats so, on a real, a big boy Shopify store like Chubby's. Give me, can you give me one second yeah. here? Little hold music. Okay. So Chubby's overall credibility rating, 81.5%. Solid credibility rating. Their audience mix, 76% male, 24% female, which I, th I think is on brand for them. Their age range, their, their peak age range um, is 25 to 34, uh, which has 40% of their following is in that age bracket. 28, uh, sorry, 18 to 24 has 38%. So they're, they're in that 18 to 34, which makes sense. They, they seem to go after a little bit of a younger demographic. Audience is 89% US, English speaking 95%. So 
those data points right there look like an extremely authentic account, but their engagement rate, 1.2%. It, it just, they have 525,000 followers, which just shocks me on how strong of a brand that Chubby's has. And what I, you, you see people talking, liking the content they make gets reposted. Um, it, it, it's surprising that the brand would have that low of an engagement rate. What would your, if you didn't know it, what would your expectation be? I would have thought they were going to be in like that five to 10% range. Okay. Where do we go from here? What else should, what have I missed? You've got quite a bit of experience in e-commerce here. Aside from influencer marketing, because you've been doing this a while and have had some real successes, what else is working? And, you know, I'm so fascinated by the idea that you were there, that you've been working from 2017 to now. So what doesn't work anymore? Like, what's the thing you wish would go away? Well, what doesn't work right now for us is Google search. Interesting. The product, the product category has become very crowded because it was so popular. You have, I mean, you see this issue that happens on Amazon all the time. When you have a popular product, you have manufacturers from overseas that just pump in their product, lower the price, and you have just a ton of competition. And the cost to problem. Yes, exactly. So the cost to acquire, uh, to get that click on Google or get that lead on Google is just too expensive. Now there's a, a theory, okay, just continue to spend, retarget, get them in. But it, it we've tried multiple times with Google search and it, it is just painful. Anything besides our brand name, it, it, it's just painful to try to do, get any good quality uh, leads that are profitable. So Google search has been frustrating. And when it first started, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. You, all you had to do is throw up an ad and just say weighted blankets and you, you, Google search was great. Uh, but because of the competition that's come into the the, the space, it, it's made it very difficult on Google search. Um, and I think, it, yeah, it, in general, like recently we've seen uh, on a few of our accounts, just the, the Google search ROAS um, still profitable, but go, starting to come down, not where it was. And I think it, it's just, it is, it's supply and demand in, you know, eyeballs versus advertisers. I think a lot more Absolutely. advertisers are getting are jumping in and upping their budget again. Yeah, it, it's been difficult for us uh, there. <laughs> um, so what's what's a marketing tactic or you know, promotion strategy, whatever it is, that you recommend everyone try at least once? So, good question. Um, for us, I mean, obviously we talked about influencer, but getting... I, I would give it a shot on influencer marketing, but when you're doing it, make sure you're trying to capture the leads. You have your pixel set up and you can do the retargeting and you can get them on your email list and work them through a flow on your email list and, and get to that conversion. I mean, you want to build that audience and I, I think you got to give it a try. So what's that, what's your ideal welcome flow look like? Give me the, the, the high level outline. So typically we'll try to make it, oriented towards whoever they came with. So whatever the influencer is, thank you for joining our list from XYZ Influencer. And then we'll give you a little background on Blankwell, and then we'll give you a little bit of background on the product and some information about the product and the selling points of the product. And then by the third or fourth email, we'll try to give you a, a reason to complete the purchase if you've not already completed that purchase. So what, uh, in your experience, what's something you always screw up? Like you're, you just always try to get it right, you can't get it right. Spelling. Spelling. Thank God for my grammar time. and spelling is poor. I, I mean, I'm 34 years old. I grew up in right when computers were coming, uh, 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 like commonplace in the classroom. Um, so 
uh, I've always had autocorrect and I've just never cared to, to learn it. And so same with my grammar. It's just, it, as long as you can understand my point, that's, that's all I need. I, I don't need perfect grammar, but I, I screw it up all the time. All right. Final, final question. Right. And this is the, the second to last question after my final, final question. This one, all right, favorite, favorite Shopify app. What's the one you could never get rid of? So, I mean, I have a hate, hate relationship with most Shopify apps. Um, they, they all sound great and you plug them in. They don't do exactly what you want them to do. Like for instance, we were trying to find a, uh, a good free gift app. Um, and oh, yeah, I think we found surprisingly, one surprisingly uh, tough nut to crack. Yeah. And so we finally found one that we liked, we were installing it and then it conflicted with another app that we already had going on in the store yep. and we couldn't use it. And so finding an app that just does exactly what you want is, is very frustrating. Uh, something that's out of the box. But for us, I mean, I think you have to go with like your, your core. I mean, it, it comes down to two for me. Privy being one where the pop-ups lead capture is important um, I in the, do that top line banner. Every time I use Privy, I'm like, wow, there's so much in here. I should be doing more with this. Like I just did. A, yes. We were looking at a store and we found like, oh, this one, the store suddenly has this huge influx of new traffic from a bunch from Google organic search is really awesome. But it, it kind of artificially drove our conversion rate down. Because now we've got all this new these new folks in here who don't know what the heck they're doing, and so um, along with that, we start. I started making pop ups, and what's so cool about Privy is the number of like filters. So I did a welcome pop up, dynamic coupon code, one time use for new visitors who aren't on a campaign, who have never placed a purchase, who have never placed an order, and come from a Google search. And so I yep. knew like, this is the people that I should be giving a discount to and everybody else. I'm just giving money away. I don't know. That's just a recent example yep. of why I agree with you that Privy powerful and often underutilized. But with Privy, you need an email. And uh, so we use Clavio. I switched over to Clavio. I think maybe your podcast or one of the other podcasts I listened to finally convinced me to switch over to Clavio. Um, but uh, it, Privy does have a little bit of email on its own, but uh, yeah, it'll send off it, like, like yeah, you could send off coupons and, but it's, it's not email automation. Correct. And so having that coupled, having Privy coupled with Clavio is extremely important. Get that lead generation, building that email list and curating that customer. I am, you know what? what? I'm going to make sure I include those in the show notes. And in the show notes, I've got links to Blankwool, Grin. It's grin.co. It looks really cool. Uh, Privy, yes. Clavio. Anything else I should throw in there? So, I mean, uh, it, uh, the only thing we haven't talked about real quickly is uh, Faded, the parent company. Yeah, what's um, the deal with that? I didn't look at so it. So Faded up is. Plug it. So we are, uh, it's an incubator shared service type company um, where Faded LLC owns Blankwell. We, we launched Blankwell through Faded, but we're also doing that with other companies. An example, a company, a brand that I started was called Sooth Home. It's Sooth Therapy, though. Um, and we're able to accelerate a business because of the structure that we have. We have three pillars, essentially e-commerce, speed to retail and product development and sourcing. So we are able to, I mean, you can search Google, uh, you can Google search right now, Blankwell, and you can see all the retailers that Blankwell's in. We have all these relationships uh, already set up and we're able to get products to market a lot faster. Um, so Faded, uh, it, it, it is our business services and incubator um, that we can launch products through. And we've done a, a few different brands with it. Um, so we're, the website's not live facing yet, but by the time this podcast is up, we, we've always operated kind of privately behind the scenes, uh, but now reaching out to the podcast, we'll have that website up, faded.biz on there. Uh, we also have what I call the Faded Collective. And it's a few of our, our 
close friends that do other brands that do uh, influencer marketing. And we all share our, our data uh, inside of a database. So you can see what's working for other companies. Um, and we'll be open that up to other people to, to join that as well. But it will be application based and everyone in the collective will agree. Yes, we want this other company in here or not in there. Um, so faded up is um, it'll be a, a good resource for what we do and what we've done with Blankle and what we've done with uh, Sooth Home. Uh, and if I go to faded up is right now, it's a placeholder. That, Correct. Okay, so when is that going to go So live? we've always worked behind the scenes. It, it is going to be live um, it probably within the next week. Um, I don't know when you plan on posting this podcast. I know you usually typically post on Tuesdays, uh, but it is going to be live and ready. So okay. we've always is kept a, a pretty a, much a low profile. This will probably go live in April, early April. Okay, perfect. So we've always kept a low profile, um, and we've just decided to go a little bit more public-facing with our profile now. Okay. Uh, wise. What was the thing that made you say, you know, let's do that. Let's be more public. Uh, I think just try, I think it goes back to being authentic and, and trying to be, um, just trying out new ideas. Um, you always have the, this concept and we kind of worked within our own network of people and we brought in brands and we've launched other brands. We, we did it with a fudge company. Um, and we, we, we've gone and, and, and had an exit with that, that fudge, same fudge company. Um, and it, it just seemed to make sense to try to go a little bit more public and, and see who else may want to work with us. With a fudge company? Yes. So based out of San Francisco, uh, I'll give them a shout out, Z Chocolato. Um, great fudge. Uh, someone that we had known in the past and we were just kind of working with them and we're like, hey, got a great product. Can we help you... Uh, build this up and we built up their e-commerce presence and, and do they, we end up they, selling they, that company back to the owner. Do they ship the fudge? Yep. Ships uh, nationwide. Is it ever, is the fudge melting a concern? Like if they, you know, you mail it to somebody in, you know, Orlando or Chicago in the middle of the summer, which Orlando, and Chicago, like same damn weather as soon as you're in July. Um, but it, you know, 95 degrees some days. Oh my gosh. I, I've had multiple boxes of fudge shipped to me and we've shipped multiple boxes, boxes of fudge in, in different promos. And I haven't heard of any issues of the melting fudge. Okay. Well, good to know. I'm always concerned about fudge. I love fudge. Who doesn't? Uh, it's fantastic. Very rich. All right. This was a really helpful. I don't know why it took us so long to get someone who could just like give us the straight answer on influencer marketing. Well, you know what? I know why. It's because it's always someone who's trying to plug like their influencer marketing service or software or whatever the heck. Whereas you're like, hey, here's our experience. So I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Um, you're welcome. I mean, to me, it, it's like any other channel that's out there. It, it, there's no free money. There's no easy. You have to work at it. You have to be trying. You have to be testing. Um, but it, it, it's not something to be overlooked. No, absolutely. Uh, you, I'm sold, convinced, as long as you go into it with eyes open. And lastly, where could people go to learn more about you? So uh, as I have said that we've kept a pretty low profile. I don't think I've updated my LinkedIn profile since 2000, probably 11. I have a very young looking picture on my my profile. Um, before we sold that company, uh, Alejo, to Mattress Firm, I, I, I never changed my profile there. I don't really have that much of a, a public facing social media presence, uh, but you're ha happy to reach out to me at cturner at fadedupis. Uh, I'll respond to any email that comes there. Excellent. Uh, Corey, thank you so much. Thank you, Kurt. If you're new to the e-commerce space, you're probably thinking what we all were in the early days. Where the heck do I start? Product photography, discount codes, a logo? Thankfully, there's a really simple answer. Start with your theme. 
Your Shopify store theme is the foundation of your online store fund. Picking the right theme influences the way your store looks, how it works, and more importantly, how easy it is for visitors to see the value in what you're offering and convert them into paying customers. With close to 10 years of experience building beautiful, high-performing themes, the folks at Out of the Sandbox are experts in knowing what it takes to make your store a success. From the unmatched speed of Turbo to the endless customization of Flex, their themes are designed to look great and, more importantly, help you sell more. Whether you want to upgrade your existing theme or launch a brand new online store, Out of the Sandbox has a theme for you. Visit outofthesandbox.com and use promo code KURT20 for 20% off their best-selling themes and my favorites, Flex and Turbo. That's outofthesandbox.com slash unofficial, promo code KURT20 for 20% off Flex and Turbo. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening.